This week on the Docs to Dads podcast, summer is in full swing and we are answering your questions about important summer safety topics. This week, we continue our series with sun safety and sunscreen. What kind of sunscreen should you use? What do you do if your child actually gets a sunburn? We'll be covering everything you need to know this week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and I am thrilled to have you here with me this week. Uh, I'm actually recording this episode on Independence Day, July 4th. So happy uh, July 4th to all of my American listeners out there, which I think is the majority, but not all of you uh, out there. Uh, This has been kind of a weird uh, holiday weekend for me because I had to work uh, this weekend in the hospital. So I've been busy doing that. Uh, And meanwhile, my wife took our kids uh, up north uh, to get out of the city, get a little fresh air, go over to... uh, play in Lake Michigan uh, and do uh, some fun things over there. Uh, So it's been a little bit quieter here at the house than usual. I've been (laughs) missing my family quite a bit, but trying to get caught up on some uh, work and some other projects around the house here. So uh, it's been good and bad, but uh, they will be back later tonight. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. Hopefully, uh, while they were playing in Lake Michigan, uh, they were taking advantage of the water safety tips that I included in last week's episode. Uh, So if you haven't had a chance to to check that out yet, I would definitely encourage you to go uh, take a look at that. Uh, This is the second episode of a three-part series uh, about summer safety topics. And so uh, for me as a pediatrician, like pediatricians know that summertime is a time of year when we see fewer colds and pneumonias and respiratory infections and those kinds of things in the hospital. And what we're seeing instead in in a lot of places is that the number of injuries tends to go up. So kids are spending more time outside, they're playing outside, they're doing these activities that are a little bit more likely to get them uh, injured. So last week we talked about uh, water safety and how to keep kids safe around the pool and around the lake. Uh, we talked a lot about drowning preventions and and step that you steps that you can take as a parent to keep your kids safe in and around water, whether that's pool, hot tub, if you're going uh, swimming in a lake, if you're going to go out on a boat on a lake, we kind of talk about all those things uh, and a little bit of things that happen in your home in terms of bath time and those kinds of things to keep kids safe uh, from drowning. So if you haven't checked out that episode, definitely go check that one out. This week, we're talking about sun safety. Uh, so for most of us, We are here in the middle of summer where we're getting a lot more sunshine uh, than we do at other times of years. And so I get a lot of questions this time of year about how do we keep our kids safe from the sun? Uh, So what kind of sunscreen should we be using? Do I need like SPF 1000 to protect my kids? Uh, There's all these products that are marketed specifically as like 
baby sunscreen or kids sunscreen? Like, is it different in any meaningful way from regular sunscreen? Do I need to buy something special for my kid or something special for my uh, baby to keep them safe? Um, and then like, what do I do in the event that my child actually gets a sunburn? What should I uh, put on it? What should I do? Uh, so we're going to answer all of those questions. We're going to spend some time uh, going through uh, some of those questions today. Uh, these uh, episodes are going to be uh, a little bit shorter, a little more rapid fire, just try to get you the information you need and get you back out there having fun in the summer, spending time with your kids. We're going to jump right into it. Um, so first, uh, let's start with the on the prevention side, right? The public health nerd in me always starts first with like, how can we prevent the problems? And then if the problem arises, we'll talk about what to do about it. But first and foremost, it is crucial that parents understand the effects of sun exposure and why putting on sunscreen is so important for their kids. And if you can just develop this as a habit before kids go outside and get them involved in putting the sunscreen on, that just makes it a little bit easier. Prolonged and unprotected exposure to uh, the harmful parts of the sun's radiation, which is the UV uh, ultraviolet uh, radiation that comes from the sun, can lead to things like skin cancer, premature aging, uh, eye damage. There's a variety of things that can come from that. And so if you start at an early age with uh, some of these um, tactics to prevent the effects of those harmful UV rays, um, you'll be in good hands. And so that can be things like wearing protective clothing, using sunscreen, uh, staying out of direct sunlight as much as possible. You can prevent these long-term complications, both in yourself uh, and in your kids. And so talking to kids about why it's important, even though it's like not fun to stop playing every couple of hours to reapply the sunscreen and those kinds of things, if you can just sort of help them understand that this is part of taking care of our bodies and part of preventing those sort of adverse effects, then um, that's a good way to approach it. And so let's start with like common questions that I get about uh, sunscreen. So SPF, what does this number mean? Um, how how should I think about um, that? And so uh, SPF basically just stands for sun protection factor. And most of the major like medical organizations, the American Academy of Dermatology, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, et cetera, basically recommend that, especially for kids and really for everybody, you should be using something uh, that's at least SPF 30 or higher. And as you go higher than SPF 30, you're sort of marginal benefit from any sort of slightly higher number gets less and less. So there's certainly a benefit to using SPF 30 over something like SPF 10 or 15, or I think they go as low as like four, but certainly you want uh, something that's at least SPF 30 uh, or higher and something that protects against both uh, UVA and UVB. And I think that most of the like major sunscreen products that you can find on the market these days sort of fit into that category. So they'll say on the bottle that it includes both UVA and UVB, and it will also tell you what the SPF number is. And again, you just want to pick something that's 30 uh, or higher. There's lots of products on the market that are marketed sort of specifically as like sunscreen for babies or sunscreen for kids. For the most part, in terms of sun protection. These don't really do anything differently. It's usually the same like sun protective active ingredients that are in 
all of these products. Uh, sometimes the major marketing, sometimes there's no difference, actually. They're just selling you the same thing in a brightly colored bottle for slightly more. Uh, but sometimes if there's actually a benefit or something different about the product that's in the bottle, it's usually something that's geared towards like either no tears. So it's like less irritating if it were to get in somebody's eye or something like that. Or it's like a little thicker so it doesn't sort of run quite so much for that same reason. So it's less likely to get get into a kid's eye or something like that. Overall, in terms of like sun protection, uh, you can use the same regular sunscreen that you would use on yourself uh, on your kids and they'll get the same amount of uh, sun protection from that. So you don't need like adult SPF 30 and then kid SPF 30. And then if you also have a baby like I do, a separate like baby SPF 30, like you don't, there's no need to buy all these different uh, products. There are different kinds. We'll talk a, a little bit. I'm going to do some practical tips in a second. We'll talk about like why you might use different types of products. In terms of sun protection, there's really not much reason to do that. And, and the kid specific products don't give you any additional benefit. You do want to make sure that you apply the sunscreen generously to all exposed skin is the way that the uh, recommendations are read. I know that like, uh, especially for my oldest son, he has a very pale complexion. And so I basically just lather him down head to toe, even if he's going to be wearing clothes that are also going to give him some additional protection just to be on the safe side. Uh, we usually have him also wear like a long sleeve uh, SPF protected swim shirt when he's uh, in the pool or in the in the lake. But just to be on the safe side, we are particularly cautious when it comes to putting uh, sunscreen on him. But it, it goes for everyone in the whole family. We pretty much do uh, lather head to toe. And we try to do that before we leave the house. So if we know that we're about to leave to drive down to like our community uh, park that has a pool, we'll do it before we leave the house. So it has time to sort of be on the skin and and uh, settle in uh, the protection. So the recommendation officially is that you do this about 15 minutes before uh, going out in the sun. Um, and so that's usually the way that we make that work. And then you want to reapply that sunscreen about every two hours being out there. Um, we'll talk a little bit in a second about like sweat proof, waterproof, how does that affect things. Uh, but on average, you should do it about 15 minutes before you go outside and then about every two hours. And then common places where kids sometimes will get missed or exposed areas that get forgotten um, that you'll pay for in the long run uh, are the ears and the back of the neck and then the hands and the feet sometimes get forgotten uh, as well. And so I think we're pretty good about like the parts of the face over the nose and the cheeks, uh, you know, the, the, the chest and the back, maybe even the arms and legs, but the hands and feet will sometimes get forgotten. And then that back of the neck is, it can be a real problem uh, as well. So just being aware of those problem problem areas, especially when you're reapplying. Uh, so making sure that you're just as thorough on the reapplication uh, as you are with that initial application as well. So in terms of like practical tips, like what does this look like when you have a squirmy three-year-old that you're trying to put sunscreen on? It can be really difficult, especially if you're using the lotions um, where you have to sort of rub them down head to toe. Uh, if they're tolerant with that, like that's a good uh, way to go. But there are some other options that can sometimes be a little bit easier um, and might be a little less uh, stressful for the kiddo. Uh, so these sunscreen sprays can work uh, really well, especially where you're trying to cover large areas. So you're not having to do quite so much. Uh, the one thing that you want to do be extra careful with, though, about the sprays is that you're really getting a nice layer of the sunscreen on the whole part of the body. 
Uh, so sometimes I think we'll just do like a quick little spray and like, okay, that's probably covering everything. And what you really want to do is be just as thorough with the spray sunscreen as you would be with the lotion. And I usually also will still just sort of run my hand quickly uh, over all the parts, you know, o- over the back and the trunk and all these places to just make sure that every square inch of uh, the body is covered in the sunscreen, even if I'm using the spray. Uh, again, the lotions work fine. Uh, they can sometimes just be a little bit more labor intensive and require a little bit more cooperation, which maybe you have and maybe you don't. Uh, so if you don't, then uh, using something like the spray can be good. And then they also will sell sunscreen, especially for the face that comes in like a, it's almost like a chapstick kind of style or like a deodorant style that again is more specifically designed to be used in sort of smaller areas, especially where you don't want to sort of risk spraying the sunscreen in in your kid's eyes or having the lotion drip into their eyes, being able to use like a stick or a deodorant style uh, sunscreen can sometimes help you get the sunscreen exactly where you want it and then rub it very carefully uh, into those parts without having to risk uh, the sunscreen getting into their eyes. For example, Uh, the face is usually a place where you'd use these kinds of devices or sometimes they'll even sell like thicker lotions that are sort of marketed as sunscreen for the face. Uh, And that can be a nice uh, way to go as well uh, if you find a product like that. Again, in terms of protection from the sun, all of these products are essentially equivalent. It really just comes down to sort of practically what is your child going to cooperate with? What's going to be easiest for you to pull off? Those kinds of things. The next thing I want to talk about is like sweatproof and waterproof uh, sunscreen products. Uh, I think that the majority of products currently on the market now are also marketed as sweatproof and waterproof, which is to say that they're not supposed to come off or like swimming or sweating profusely is not supposed to decrease the length of time for which it's effective for prevention of uh, sunburns and and sun-related damage. But most of the major medical organizations still recommend shortening your interval between reapplications in events that you're doing sort of vigorous exercise outside where you're sweating quite a lot or uh, if you're in the water. So if you're in the pool, in a lake, something like that, where there's a risk that some of the product might uh, wash off. And so decreasing your interval for reapplication to something a little closer to 90 minutes in those cases might might be wise. So that's sort of the major questions that I get commonly about sunscreen. It's certainly very important. There's a lot of advocates who say, you know, especially during the summertime or, or on sunny days, that getting to the into the habit of using a lotion, especially on the face, that has some amount of SPF protection as a daily habit is a good habit to get into. That's probably a different conversation and is usually geared more towards adults slash parents. And I, I don't know about doing that uh, in kids. I don't know if there's data that supports that, but certainly any amount of sun protection that you can give uh, your kids if they're going to be out in the sun is probably a good idea. The main questions that I wanted to make sure we addressed were what is SPF? What number should I be looking for? Do I need to buy kid-specific uh, sunscreen? And then like, what are the rules around application? And can I use some of these other creative products like the sprays and the sticks and the deodorant style ones? And do those give me the same amount of protection? So let's say you do everything that you can. You're very diligent with uh, applying the sunscreen the way that you 
are supposed to, but you have uh, hypothetically, let's say, a four-year-old who's got a particularly fair skin complexion and no amount of sunscreen uh, will protect them from the sunburn that is eventually going to come their way, uh, which is what happened to my poor little guy a few weeks ago, uh, right as summer was getting uh, rolling. We had applied sunscreen to him before we went to the pool. He wanted to play in the pool without his shirt that day. And because we had applied the sunscreen, we thought that was fine. Uh, we reapplied regularly on the hour and a half to two hour schedule. And still uh, later that night, we got back home and his poor back was just like so, so red. And so he was having uh, a lot of issues really this, to the sunburn. It was hurting him quite a lot. It was a little bit itchy. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't anything too severe, still just like a first degree burn, which is sort of your standard uh, sunburn where it's just sort of red. Uh, warm to the touch, painful to the touch a little bit, uh, but no, thankfully, any kinds of blisters or anything like that. So what are the things that you should do in the event that you have a child who has a sunburn? So you want to make sure um, that you first can do some things to try to help keep the pain under control. Things that can sometimes help with that are uh, when you're doing like bath time and shower time, they may not want it as warm as they ordinarily do because they've got this burn on their back. And so using cooler, uh, more tepid water in the bath or the shower can sort of help relieve the pain and may actually feel good on the like warmth of the sunburn area. And then once you're done with those baths or showers, you want to be careful not to rub that skin too uh, aggressively because that can cause some damage to the skin and, and make the burn worse. You want to just sort of gently pat dry uh, and then your next step is going to be to apply some kind of moisturizer. So you may have a moisturizer that you use anyway, but when you're trying to deal with a sunburn of some kind, uh, you want to use preferentially a moisturizer that might contain like aloe vera or soy containing um, products can sometimes help again with some of the some of the pain and some of that that warmth that the child uh, feels um, and will help give the skin what it needs uh, in the moisturizer cream to to heal up. In the event um, that it is particularly uh, painful or uncomfortable, there are some sort of low dose uh, hydrocortisone style creams um, that are like anti-itch creams that you can use uh, in the area that will sometimes help with some of that discomfort. But you do want to avoid using anything that sort of uh, is designed to sort of numb the area. And so uh, you can know this from the name of the medication sometimes ends in like cane, like benzocaine, which is like one of the uh, major uh, ingredients in like Origel. Like when you have a toothache, uh, you can put something there that kind of numbs the area. That's not what you want because that can actually irritate the skin more, can cause an allergic reaction. There's There can be some challenges associated with that. And then if they're even, if they're still in discomfort, despite using the moisturizer uh, and those kinds of things, you can certainly use acetaminophen or ibuprofen products like you would normally use uh, if they had an injury of some kind uh, to help them manage that. Uh, you should talk to your pediatrician about sort of what the most appropriate dose uh, for, your in for your particular situation is, depending on sort of your child's medical history and all those kinds of things. Not all of these medications can be used in any in every single circumstance, uh, but these are sort of our common sort of toolkit of things that we might use in a kid who's got a sunburn. The other thing you want to make sure uh, for your child when they have a sunburn, especially if it's a more severe sunburn, is that they're staying hydrated. Um, so especially if there's some some amount of skin breakdown, you know, they might be uh, losing more water through that skin, which is sort of a barrier um, that's designed to help keep the moisture in. 
and then your skin, you know, is going to use uh, some of that uh, moisture from your body to to heal that burn. Um, and so, making sure that they're drinking a little bit of extra fluid uh, to prevent getting dehydrated um, is also really important. If the sunburn blisters leave the blisters alone. So that is a sign that you've moved from a first degree burn to a second degree burn. And so what you really want to try to avoid doing is popping those blisters. Those blisters are there to sort of allow the skin underneath, which is more severely damaged, to heal and to protect your child from infection. At the point that your your the sunburn starts to blister, especially if there's multiple blisters, that would almost certainly be a sign to me that you need a formal medical evaluation of some kind. So you should be talking to your pediatrician, trying to get in uh, to see your usual primary care provider to see if there's anything else that needs to be done. And then certainly in even more more severe situations, you might need to go into an actual burn center to get sort of more formalized uh, evaluations if it's a more severe uh, type of burn. But in the event that your child's sunburn starts to blister over, resist the urge to pop the blister and try as much as you can to get your kids not to to play with it. That's going to be an area of the burn that's going to be at higher risk of infection. And the more it gets like picked at and messed with, the higher that risk is going to go. Uh, and so certainly that's a situation where you'd want to talk to your own primary care doctor and you and your kid want to try to avoid messing with it too much. And then finally, you just want to take care to protect that skin from getting any adi- further additional damage. It's a situation where like uh, for my little guy, when he had his his sunburn, you know, every time he went out from that point forward, he was always wearing a shirt. We had to stay out of uh, the pool for a little while because that was bothering him uh, a little bit and and wearing his like he could only get in if he was wearing his swim shirt um, and he you know, that was bothering him. And so uh, we didn't do that. But anytime he went outside, you know, he was wearing you know, a long you know, a shirt that covered the burn uh, so that uh, he w- wouldn't risk adding any additional damage from uh, the sun to the already sunburned skin. And so we had to take that, uh, take that very carefully. So those are the big things, things that you can do to help with pain, like cool baths uh, and the use of medications if necessary, uh, lotions that you can use to try to help the skin heal a little bit more effectively. Uh, you want to use that moisturizing cream, but might work a little bit better and help with some of the discomfort if it includes that aloe vera or soy component. Uh, you want to make sure that your kid is staying hydrated, uh, especially if they're having a lot of pain, especially uh, if the burn is really bothering them. Staying hydrated, drinking some extra fluids is always going to be good. If it starts to blister, leave those blisters alone and get some uh, medical attention just to make sure that everything looks okay and then try to protect that sunburned skin from any additional damage that might come. Uh, So that's everything I wanted to say about uh, sun safety, both on the prevention side in terms of what kind of sunscreen uh, should you use and how often should you apply it? And also like what are the things that you should do as a parent in the event that your child gets a sunburn? I want to thank you, the audience, for taking time to listen to this episode. I hope that you found it uh, useful and that you'll be able to apply this uh, next time you and your kids go out and enjoy a little fun in the sun. Uh, If you have a question about uh, either these topics or other types of summer safety questions, please send them my way. I'd love the chance to connect with you through social media. You can connect with me at Doc's Dad's Pod on Facebook or Instagram, or just search my name, Dr. Scott Grant, on LinkedIn, uh, and you will find me very quickly. I post very regularly on uh, LinkedIn about 
parenting, fatherhood, uh, child health, those types of topics. And I'm trying to do a little bit more on Instagram. Uh, We'll get there. Um, But LinkedIn is really the place that I'm most active. Um, So connect with me there if you're interested in that. Uh, If you're not a social media person, feel free to shoot me an email at docstodadspod at gmail.com. I want to say thanks, as always, to Phil Rabon for editing this show. And I want to encourage you to tune in next week where we're going to be wrapping up our summer safety series, talking about a topic that's really, really close to my heart, helmets. So whether you're biking or skating, uh, riding a scooter in the summertime or in the winter, we talk about this with skiing and snowboarding. Helmets are an absolute must. This is not negotiable in my house and it shouldn't be in yours either. We'll talk all about it next week. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids and stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.